0: Hello, heroes. Welcome to Modifier. I'm your host, Megan Dornbrock. Hey there, heroes. This week, it's a cyberpunk double act with the brothers Colin and Cameron Kyle, who are about to launch their game, Axon Punk. We recorded this a little while ago, and since then I've been able to play a little Axon Punk myself, and it's super, super fun. It combines the cyberpunk tropes we know and love with those of hip-hop and Afrofuturism in a setting driven so completely by collaboration and community. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek bits, and some bits that are just straight-up cool as heck, but I'm gonna stop and let the guys tell you all about it. Let's get to the show! Uh, joining me this week are Colin and Cameron Kyle to talk about Axon Punk. Uh, so why don't you two introduce yourselves a little bit um, and where people may know you from, in, in either any order. <laughs> you can <laughs> hey, fight I'll,
1: over it. I'll go first. Um, I'm Colin Kyle, and I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having us, Meg. And I uh, live in Chicago. I live in Hyde Park. I've got a PhD from the University of Chicago with a focus on ecology and evolution. I'm an ecological modeler, so I do a lot of Math and computer programming and biology, and so, and I also play a whole lot of RPGs. So I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> awesome.
2: My name is Cameron Kyle. I am Colin's brother. I am out of Dallas, Texas. Um, I do everything from 3D animation, video game development. Uh, my original BFA was in photography, um, as well as mixed multimedia. I have been RP- like playing RPGs with Colin since we were in elementary school um this is a gaming is a huge passion for me so thank you for having both of us here meg i really appreciate it
0: oh absolutely it's my pleasure i'm i really like to get the whole team behind something if that's humanly possible um and it's it helps that you guys are you know a a cohesive team of brothers that know each other and like each other and that's that's always nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: it's great for us we really love it um
2: (laughs) the work dynamic and flow is really really wonderful
0: Good. That's that's so cool. I, it's important, and I think that's something that people can tell in the product that you make too. Like, oh, thanks. That goes a long way. Um, which um, let's talk about this thing. What what is what is Axon Punk?
1: Uh-huh. So, Axon Punk is a game that Cameron and I have been working on for um, a little over the last year and a half now, and it is a um, tabletop role playing game, as you mostly have. Uh-huh. And our our pitch is, which I've been Working on is that it is um, <laughs> a game that is made in conjunction with this group of gamers in Chicago called the Sugar Gamers. And they're totally awesome, and I'll tell you more about them later. But they're yeah. helping us develop this project, um, so we do a good job. And so, but it is a tabletop role playing game that combines uh, classic cyberpunk and hip hop to uh, synthesize a tabletop RPG where players improvise, collaborate, and develop a community together. To oppose corporate oppression in the megacities of 2085.
0: Oh boy. I know,
1: so that's one sentence with a whole lot in it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on there. All right.
1: (laughs) See that? Opposing
2: the gritty, like, the gritty opposition to the corporate oppression in the megacities of 2085 is really, you know, feeling (laughs) that. And the Sugar Gamers are incredible. Um, Well, Colin will tell you more about that.
0: Cool, absolutely, um, and it seems like there's part of that sentence definitely stuck out to me as being a little different than the cyberpunk we typically see, and that's that hip hop element.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So,
0: what what inspired you guys to add that?
1: Well, I've been I've thought about this. <laughs> Cameron will talk playing on his own. I am the lead of the game myself, and mm-hmm. so it's uh, so. <laughs> I'll have him. I'll have him talk. So you'll have to forgive me, uh, my enthusiasm. But because it was uh, my original idea to make the game, I wanted a, a light, fun cyberpunk game to play. But I was also listening to a ton of music while I was at this time. Um, Janelle Monae and Saul Williams were two huge influences, and they have they put out uh, music really recently. And I went, and I've seen them both twi- twice live in concert and a bunch of other hip hop shows in Chicago. And I was like, there's just so much awesome futuristic sci-fi hip-hop and Afrofuturist stuff out there. And it just, just melds so much with the cyberpunk that I wanted to have this game where you have that classic um, cyberpunk feel but with this rhythm, with this influence of hip-hop and um, kind of like you get in like Cowboy Bebop or Samurai Champloo where you have this setting where you have these bones but then you bring in this rhythm, this pacing this flavor. And to me, you know, they might sound like two contrasting things, you know, cyberpunk and hip hop, but they are so in line in my mind. Um, because if you go back and read the original cyber, like a lot of the early eighties stuff, it's incredibly diverse. Um, that is one of the big points of cyberpunk is that it was all of the people that, you know, Asimov and all the other stuff, as much as I love Asimov, you know, weren't talking about. It's high-tech, low-life. What's going on with the rest of society um, that isn't taking off to the stars? That's, you know, just trying to survive. And so it's really diverse. Um, it has a lot of people of color in it, in the original stuff. And it has a lot of musical influences. And and also with early hip-hop is so connected with punk and metal from like the 70s and 80s. Mm. Um, it's just, it all blends together in my mind. Um, and so when we were creating this game, I was like, oh yeah, of course there'll be a big, you know, huge, uh, hip hop influence. It's the mega cities of the future. Of course, it's going to have a ton of rap in it. Um, and then people were really kind of surprised by this and I was like, oh, we really have to kind of accentuate this and then lead into it. And then the rules started coming and then it was just like, Mm -hmm. oh man, let's just take off and run. And, um, and I started talking to other people to make sure that we did it well and, um, and then people were like, heck yes, let's do this. Like, let's figure it out. I'm totally into this idea. Um, you know, you are a polite little Canadian, nice white guy, but let's, <laughs> you know, to
2: play, wait, to, to to polite Canadian.
1: Canadian, nice white guys. Um, <laughs> but that was what, you know, we just decided to, to really go for it. And people have been super positive and, um, the play tests are going really well. And we've got you know we've got the bones of a good system already there, and the and it was it was already in it. We just had to be honest with ourselves and and be yeah. a little be a little vulnerable and say you know what actually you know this is what this is the music I listen to every day when I write, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's in there. So let's just own it.
0: Awesome, yeah. yeah. And I I would say that they they may sound a little far from each other at first when you hear cyberpunk and hip hop, but there is definitely that undercurrent or that shared theme of resistance.
1: Absolutely, um,
0: which Counter-cult. I think, yeah, I think they go hand in hand quite nicely. That's, mm-hmm. um, it, but it sounds like the way you're describing it, it is also a mechanical element or has some effect on the mechanics of the game. Absolutely, which if that is true. I would definitely like to hear more about. Yeah, got to walk
1: the walk. Yeah, got to walk
2: the walk. <laughs> the The hip hop influence is just perfect. Um, my background, actually, I have two EPs spinning as a DJ for hip hop um, and and rappers. Uh, so, it just felt very natural for Colin and I. Um, I've also played in metal bands and punk bands and blues bands. So, we felt no difference. It just was another, it was what we did, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Uh, the rule mechanics. Colin, would you like to talk about the focus on collaboration, you know, yeah. as it corresponds to rhythm and different things like that?
0: Yeah, uh, then. Building.
1: Community building.
0: Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, sure.
1: Um, and so, the big things that we did to incorporate the cyberpunk, I mean, the hip-hop elements into our rules and um, setting was to, one, we already had a big improvisational focus. It's a lot of just make it up and go, which works well for the cyberpunk element because you're never going to have rules for everything. Um, The point is you're on the bleeding edge of technology, so why limit it? So let's just crack it open and go for it. And then we wanted to really think about um, collaboration, because that's such a huge part of, of the cyberpunk, but also with the hip hop of people coming together and working together, different ideas, um, to create something greater. And so we have, when you work together with your teammates in the game, you get a bonus. Well, you get, there's a mechanical, a mechanic engages, which we call, uh, working in rhythm. Mm -hmm. And so you have a rhythm, um, effect. And so in this case, um, you have of the group, it doesn't matter how many people are involved, Um, One person is named the point person. And so they're the ones that uses their, like, stat bonuses and and does the kind of math. And then everyone else, including the point person, then once that person is named, then everyone, we have a percentile system. So it's 100 points. You roll two Mm -hmm. D10s. And so then everyone rolls, everyone in the group rolls their own D100. And then Mm -hmm. you see what they rolled, and then you, you use the highest die roll. And then the point person adds their bonus to that die roll, and so that way it's not a dice pool mechanic. That way, everyone is—you get a—you get this funny feeling because it's kind of like you know, does the math really you know? But everyone's rolling their own dice, and it feels like you contribute. You do contribute in a fun way, right? Yeah, it's like (laughs) putting an
2: MC up front. That's how it works. It's like we've got DJs and musicians in the back, and we've got a bunch of different hip hop rappers that are working. Everyone has to get a set at a time. So you put. Your main guy that's running that riff at that time up front, that guy is the one that runs the tempo. And then we all run support for that, just like you would a stage program. But
1: you do it with
0: okay. dice. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah.
1: And then that way, if someone, you know, drops the, you know, drops the ball or anything like that, gets a bad roll, you've got your teammate there to be like, don't worry, man, I rolled an 80. Like, I got you. Um, and then it feels like you really helped.
2: It's like covering yeah. for another musician in a rap beat or someone drops a mic or something
1: goes out like
0: sure. technical. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very cool.
1: Yeah. Right. And that, and that way, you know, it's, you can think about the math because it favors group collaboration. Like you're, you're much better working with teammates than you are working by yourself. You're still a functional character by yourself. And at first when I wrote those rules, I was like, e, the math's off, you know, now people are going to collaborate all the time. it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's exactly what we want. <laughs> how dare <laughs> so, they? Oh wait! How dare they? How dare they do what they want? <laughs> well, and for our beta testing
2: group, it was pretty wonderful. We've had people from all over the world. We have uh, Iraqi Kurdish, uh, Ethiopian, um, uh, you know, African american from Louisiana, dude from Alaska. Like huh. it's been, and that's just our home beta test group.
1: So, oh wow! <laughs> we've been, yeah, we've been trying. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, and then and so the the final mechanic that we brought in that we really that ties it just all together really nicely is this uh, this focus on the community that you live in in these mega cities. You are in there. You've got the evil corporations that are you know claiming land and they're building walls and they're you know just cyberpunk jerks, <laughs> and then you have everyone else living in what we call the, um, civilian zone. And, and then, then, you know, or CZ. yeah, CZ. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then everyone's flattened down. It doesn't, and it's really this kind of economic social divide. Um, but so everyone, you're in this dystopian future. There's not a ton of resources. There's lots of recycling. And with this crazy hyperbolic, um, capitalism that we're dabbling with in this game, it's all about the service industries We've got the internet, we've got a matrix, we call it the net 3D thing, mm-hmm. um, where um, you can get on and you can do all of these all of this stuff, and so it's it's focused on the people. And so we decided to make our cyberpunk really grassroots. And so instead of getting shady, you know, jobs from shady megacorps to go do corporate espionage for somebody else, um, mm-hmm. you know who you live with. You know who lives in your area, you make it up at the beginning of the campaign, and then from your community, that's what generates your missions for the campaign. And so each location in your little community has a Trouble with a capital T. And so mm-hmm. we have uh, a little process for making these up, but we also have a table that you can just roll on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these Troubles create quests um, that you can then go on. And like, if you fix the Trouble at one of the lo- one of the locations you will get a mechanical reward and that place will change. Um, but then they will get a new trouble because it's the dystopian future. So bad things are, you know, kind of unhappening, happening all the time. But the point is that it, it gives you something to go from. It gives you something to do. And then you come back and things change and then you keep moving and you can add more locations. And so that is, that helps us give it a little bit more structure. And we have mechanics on how to, the team, the players make things, make up the locations
2: one of the nice things that works about the community generation is it's very similar to authored procedural generation in video games but it was it's a concept that doesn't get applied to role playing games very often so we mm. have you procedurally the so you would create the name, the trouble, the location, and then your connection to that group. And each person creates one, and it gets traded around the table, and so it gets traded to the next one, and it's organically, procedurally generated by the players with their own authored content to create the environment that they're in, just by shuffling paper around a table.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was very. It was kind of. It was inspired by Microscope, in many ways.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yep. And so what you do is, you know, everyone gets their own little half sheet of paper and then it's like, make up your own, you know, cyberpunk hip hop location. And you Mm -hmm. describe it, you write down like a little bit of the information and then you, everyone passes their paper to the left. You get your, you get your neighbor's thing and then you make up the, an NPC at that location. We call it the connect. And then you make up that NPC and then you pass it to the left again. And that next person then makes up the trouble for that location. Um, And those are the three components. Mm. And then you get your little half sheet back and you've got like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I made up this place, but suddenly there's someone there that I didn't know about. Like someone showed up and then there's this trouble that I didn't plan because um, yeah. you don't pick your troubles. And suddenly you're like, oh man, I wanted to go to this place to begin with because it was my idea and it was awesome. But now I can really explore it <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. We did that with people and they're like, oh my God, I want to play this so bad. Like, can we just do, you know, I made up this, you know, weird thing. And I just, I wish I could play an entire campaign in that one location. (laughs) I'm like, hell yeah.
2: It gives players a lot of ownership, which is wonderful.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. Getting, getting players invested in that way. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Yeah.
1: And then we include a couple, and then we include some pre-made, some authored locations, that give the flavor that we really want, that give this hip hop flavor. And so we have some locations like that. We have this, it's called the United Church of Tupac that, that <laughs> we made up. And so yeah. it's this church in the future where people have, you know, taken this, you know, with this corporate oppression and all of this stuff, you know, there's, it's, it's really hard on people. And so they have music that helps them get through. And typically you look at music hymnals and they're from two or three generations behind. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it makes perfect sense that, you know, in 70 years when our game is set, that they would be looking at the music from modern times and the most soulful and inspirational music in many respects is a lot of this very socially active hip hop of the 90s, of the 90s, you know, Erykah Badu, Lauryn Hill, a lot of the like Ice Cube makes some really great stuff. And so it's um, the idea that brings that spirituality in, which you often don't see in Cyberpunk, because or, or sci-fi in general, because it's it's usually very atheist, and so we include some of these authored content, um, like a, you know other music venues and um, things like that, so that it already has this the hip hop flavor in it, and then the players add their own things, and then you can add whatever you want, and you still have the whole game, and you bring in that futuristic diversity, that futuristic multicultural density that we really want. So make up whatever location you want. You know, the flavor's gonna be there with yours in general. Uh, too.
0: Um, how many of those authored settings do you did you typically start with in a game?
1: The plan is for a uh for like a full campaign you'd have four. Okay. And for a one shot we'd have we've been doing four four locations in the neighborhood to start out with, and mm-hmm. then you wouldn't make anything up for a one shot. You'd just have those kind of tied in.
0: Just have gotcha.
1: Mhm. And so your mission would come from an already established trouble and that way um and then we do a little neighborhood walkthrough. so it's not just info dump sure yeah um, and then you go do the mission and so far that's that that equation has worked out pretty well um i've done a lot of play tests where it's <laughs> bombed where we've done too many you know tried to cram too many things in mm-hmm. um, where uh it's like let's make characters let's make up the whole location let's do everything and, you know and that would be a great start for a campaign you know, you have a session, mm-hmm. two hours, everyone makes their characters, you make up this, you know, the whole thing, flesh it out, and then go. Um, but we we can do both, which I'm really pleased with. We can rock one-shots at conventions, and we can build up a nice campaign.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I think that's a... Uh, it's it's good to be able to do both of those things, because we've you've got groups that are desperate to play a campaign of something. Um, but then I know there are groups also that, that like to, to try as many different things as they can, and being able to jump into something quickly in an afternoon... From personal experience, goes a long way. Yeah, like that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, so there's a lot of original mechanics happening in this game, but um, I want to rewind a little bit and go back to how Axon Punk started. Yeah, uh, because it is my understanding that it did start as a as an apocalypse world hack, as so many games often do.
2: Oh, apocalypse um, world! Uh, <laughs> I can't okay, even get a are- copy. <laughs>
0: We, we are drawn to it like moths to a flame. We just cannot help ourselves. Right? Um, what what did it look like uh, in the beginning? Like, what were some of the things that you knew Axon Punk had to have when you started?
2: Oh, man. Well. Collaboration mechanics. Collaboration
1: mechanics. Okay. Um, imp- improvisation. Improvisation. Um, those two were big things because I really love my favorite apocalypse world uh, thing is dungeon world as many people love. Um, And so Mm -hmm. they had, you know, it's just so much fun to collaborate and to work and to get tied in with the other players in your party. Um, They have bonds and these experience rewards at the end of the session and it's just really flavorful um, and smart. And so it was going to be a hack like that. But the thing that I, the the big thing that really inspired me in part was the spellcasting mechanics in Dungeon World where wizards oh. have two type two types of spells clerics mm-hmm. do too but you can ca- just class cast spells like you do in D&D or you can make up a ritual which is where you right. define you know negotiate with the GM you have this little back and forth but it's small and it's manageable and you move on you know and the GM's like oh it's going to take you a few rounds or you need to get a special item or maybe it's going to break a piece of your gear and <laughs> when I <laughs> when I saw that I was like why isn't this in every single game? Every why doesn't single game. Every character <laughs> class have their own impro- like make up, make it up and just run with it mechanic. Like yeah. why does only the spellcasters get that?
2: Improvisational mechanics was just a, a major breakthrough for Colin. Like to, bring to <laughs> me it was amazing. Like blow my brains. <laughs> like
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, he calls you up and is like, "What if everyone just Made everything up,
2: yeah. But negotiated for it with the GM, and <laughs> and it yeah. all ended with a die roll. And I was like, "I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you are the best brother ever.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> when
2: can we start making this?"
1: <laughs> and um, and part of the trick to make it work is that it's bounded. Um, mm-hmm. Each character class has their own like medium with which they work—artistic medium and so much mm-hmm. like how a wizard would a wizard's ritual is different than a cleric's ritual in dungeon world the same thing you know we have their own kind of improvisation rituals for our, all of our own cl- character classes um and so like for example hackers write code and so you have a little paragraph in your sheet that says you know <laughs> write some code tell me what it looks like and i mean not what it looks like but what it, what it does you know and ha- and engineers build things what do you What do you need to build? Tell me how you're mm-hmm. going to build it. I don't have rules for that. Use your logic.
2: Engineers have gotten pretty crazy to the point of like <laughs> shooting like paint cans acro- with a high pressured hydraulic thing across like city blocks. Engineers are amazing. <gasps> it's hilarious what they come up with. I love them. Rolling up entire, <laughs> trying to figure out damage for an entire helicopter from a Gen Con at GenCon from an engineer was hilarious. <laughs>
1: Anyways, Colin, sorry.
0: That's great.
1: We have five character classes that that do things like that. One is our, one, just real quick, but is our our street merc, which makes up NPCs. So they know people. Um, And so they're kind of like your bounty hunter, like Spike and Faye from Cowboy Cowboy Bebop. Mm, Cowboy Bebop is a huge influence on our game. Um, And so, you know, they're they're the type of people that know people. Um, And so when they improvise their street connections... Um, the GM, you know, the, the player says, you know, oh, I know somebody here or I want to make a phone call. And the GM is like, great. Who are you calling? What's their name? Um, and the player is like, oh, X, Y, and Z. And the GM writes it down. And suddenly that, you know, they add that character to the world. And so it builds up over time. And, uh, and it's a fun thing because it's just like people love, oh yeah, yeah. I know a guy. It's great.
2: (laughs) And you get to role-play it, which is so much fun. You get to be the guy as the GM, which is hilarious. So you make them make <laughs> the phone call. And they're like, I need to get this thing How done. You and you're like, dude, I, I can't, I'm with my, you know, I'm busy right now at my work. Well, hey, you, I did that thing for you the other day. And it's very improvisational role-playing. Like, we have so much fun doing it. We laugh so hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Yeah. And then we have, we have our Cyberized, which is our cyborg. And they do weird improv, improvisational things with their body, so they're mm-hmm. an internal modification. And so they take take body parts off, reroute power, do weird things, um, and that's really fun for body mod- body modification, transhuman stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our final character class is our AI, our artificial intelligence. <sighs> and so we have a playable AI class.
0: Um, oh man!
1: I know, fully <laughs> playable. One of the favorites. <laughs> It's, yeah. uh, it's our shining star. I love this. Yeah. Star. It is. Um, and it is very based off of William Gibson's Neuromancer book. There's a character mm. in there called the Dixie Flatline, which is, you don't have to know about it, but it's a, a, a scanned human brain. Um, and so it's not a fully digital originated thing um, like Skynet or like those other, like the AI in The Matrix. Um, this comes from a human and it comes from a person. And so it has personality. It has human characteristics and the way it's a, it's a quick and dirty AI. And so the, the way you make it is you hook up someone's head, uh, to a computer and you have them do the action or like do something while you want it. Because if you just scan them while they're sitting still, you're going to get information about what, what their brain does when they're just sitting still. Um, and so for, and so if you wanted to like make a hacker program, you'd have someone wear this like headset. While they're doing a hacking job, you take that mm-hmm. brain recording, you loop it, you start adding some stochasticity, and then suddenly you have this program that can replicate human brain, human um, behaviors, mm-hmm. and other weird things. But while you're recording, it, it's, a, it just, it's a big scoop of whatever brain, of whatever they're thinking about while they're being recorded. Um, so you could have a lot of other things in there that you don't know about. You know, they're thinking about their ex-boyfriend, they're thinking about you know, what they're going to have for dinner tonight. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's in the program. And so when a player plays one of these characters, they work much like a hacker, but they don't have a body. They're just a digital program in the net. And so they fly around and do their own weird thing, but they have these weird human personality things and they have desires and it's, it's, it's interesting and, and, and people really get into it. And so, yeah, so they make things up. They, they're, because they are binary they speak binary natively, when they improvise, they do weird kind of supernatural things in the net, um, where they push the bounds of digital reality, much like humans do in our physical reality. And so they talk to other programs, they do weird things, you can make intimidate checks in the net um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to scare away other things, you know, you can play with it. Um, And so people love that. Yeah. And so those are our improvisations. um, And the way you make it keep it the real quick the way you do it to make everyone happy at the table because it's as our viewers are probably thinking how the hell did, you know this must just turn into cowboys and indians real fast uh-huh mm-hmm. okay lost our connection <laughs> we'll just wait
0: i'll just make him repeat himself again
2: okay. it's cool i'll fill in a little bit of the the ai stuff i guess one of the nice things one of my favorite things about the ai class is it's it's seamless to the other players they never i've never had an ai player feel that they are out of the loop or get contained um like that they're awesome. just stuck as an ai you know like mm-hmm. they can move they can ride in the cyberized uh people's brains uh they can do, uh, like, a rider. They have conscious actions that they can move. They can overload computer circuits. They can move through Wi-Fi connections as well as hardware connections. Um, it's like being a, a thief sorcerer that digs through all the Jeffreys tubes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go inside cyberized people's brains or people that have brain jacks and take them over. You can buff them and aid them cut off their uh like a medic cut off like sensory nodes so if they lose an arm like yeah if you lose an arm like the ai can make it make you think that you haven't lost an arm oh my god (laughs) so that's like the medic thing you still gotta get it like sewed on later but
0: (laughs) yeah oh oh that's weird and cool
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the AIs get to negotiate what they want to do, but, and if they want a physical body, they can take a physical body. But then, at a certain point, if an AI takes a cyberized body, then they transfer into cyberized. Like, all the classes can kind of, like, transfer into each other, which is a really neat thing. Like, mm-hmm. a, a street mercenary could become an AI by giving up their body. An AI could become a cyberized person by giving up their freedom in the net it just it depends upon what rules that you want so you can transition around as you go along
0: oh very cool
2: colin you're
1: back yes how to keep it from being a complete (laughs) utter madhouse Mm -hmm. um and so we do it with three main steps Um, one we ask if that is relevant to what your character would do and so you know is it makes sense for your character and then two does it make sense for the setting for the location uh where you're in for the tools narratively and fictionally available to you and then three is you check with the rest of the group you throw it to the table and say does this make sense is this cool with y'all and most of the time people agree or they say you know oh that seems a little overpowered we haven't done things like that or like oh man come on kick it up a notch like we can do better stuff than that and so you keep it you keep it on the table and you keep it short and quick um, with the idea that everyone is going to be doing these improvisations all the time. Um, and so let's just talk about it real fast and then move on. And most of the time it just comes down to tell me exactly what you want to achieve. Let's talk about it a little bit more. And then you roll the dice, you add mm-hmm. your bonuses and you see, you know, what kind of how close to that final thing you got. And then you just make it up. Sometimes it's a partial success. Sometimes it's a better than what they hoped for. That's the quick gist. But we actually have rules uh, mm-hmm. rules for that in the book, which is, which is cool. It helps. Awesome.
2: The basic part of our system is really, really easy. Uh, I think Colin sums it up wonderfully in this three ways. You have something you want to achieve, so there is a dice roll to achieve that. You apply a stat that goes to that, and then the possibility of a training. And so within a negotiation, when I was beta testing, a player would come to me, and they'd say, Hey, man, I want a three-barreled shotgun. And I'm like, all right, you want a three-barreled shotgun? I'm like, are we going phantasm? Uh, and he was like, fine. I was like, okay, can you do this? Where would you get it? Is it realistic? He got on his phone, and he found a three-barreled shotgun for $680 on the internet. He says, yeah. it, it was capable of now. Can I buy it? And I said, take it out of your money. and make a roll to see that you can make the connection and you can have it. He achieved the roll. He took it out of his money. He has a 3 barrel shotgun.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Internet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right? And and a little fun things like that have happened. um, It's been, you know, we have lots of little stories. I had a 12-year-old girl in my game, and she was the engineer, and she was like, I want to make jetpacks. I want to make jetpacks. And I was like... Tell me how you make your jetpacks. She explained it. I had her roll for it. She made some great jetpacks. Done. Awesome. So. Every
2: twelve-year-old girl should have a jetpack. <laughs> like if they want. I a agree. Jet-
0: Absolutely. <laughs> right. I would have. I would have loved a jetpack. <laughs> <That's fantastic. laughs> uh, is do you guys have um like an age in mind for playing this game? Is twelve about as low as you go, or uh, what do you think?
1: I would say twelve is about as low as we go. We've been saying okay. thirteen plus because okay. um, okay. we've got some. Cinematic violence and...
0: Gotcha, yeah.
1: Uh, like Raiders of the
2: use. Lost Ark PG-13 is is where I think we're at. Does, does <laughs> cool. that make sense?
0: Yeah, that's very cool.
2: Sorry, Colin. Uh, <laughs> no, you're great.
0: You're great. great. <laughs> awesome. Okay, uh, so one of the things that we talk about a lot on the show is, uh, is modding games, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there came a point when you guys were working on this, I expect, where you realized that just hacking an existing system was not going to cut it. Uh, And that's okay too. Like, that happens. So, Mm -hmm. what is, how do you know when that's the case?
1: That is a great, fantastic question.
2: (laughs) Um, I, for me, Colin, do you want me to field it first? Yeah, sure. Um, for me, I remember looking at Colin's hack, and he, we had this conversation in my old apartment. I think it was a voice chat over Skype, and he had already, started to adjust i think 30 to 40% of the rule system um we had we worked we have a 10 year like a decade long star wars campaign um oh, wow yeah that actually has encompassed over four different parties over a different decade in remote locations and mm-hmm. it's still currently going um and we wanted to apply a lot of the star wars d20 tech like being able to fly ships, being able to hack computers, all of these different things. And we started, we had this conversation where we were like, we're building another game. This isn't a mod anymore. Like, it's just, it, it's not, it's its own thing. The engine became its own thing because it yeah. started incorporating Call of Cthulhu percentile stuff and... We've got d twenty Star Wars over here, and we've got like like warhammer combat system stuff and mm-hmm. then then there's me with all of my video game crap
0: <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, yeah,
1: and that was a big part of it because I was bringing in all this stuff and I was jamming all these items, ideas in, and I was kind of forcing it a little bit more than was necessary, and you know the apocalypse engine you can do you know. Whatever you want, you just define it. But I just kept defining too many things <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and there was too many moves and there was too many, you know, everything was getting off the rails and it was slow. It was getting slow. and we wanted this really fast pace, we call it axon Punk Overdrive, um, where you're pushing yourselves, you're going hard and you're really getting into this sci-fi action anime, ghost in the shell, your cyberpunk badasses um and we just wanted a system that was faster and more flexible
0: yeah faster
1: um, and so yeah. we started pulling out parts and we we kicked out the moves and we were just like you know what, let's just start you know let let's stop stripping and mm-hmm. start building um cool so that was that was the choice and so we just said you know let's start out with a percentile system because that's what we convert all of our math to anyways um right. from all of these different systems you just convert it to 100 points and then you move from there And people really like the percentile system for many ways. Hey,
2: Call (laughs) of Cthulhu. You
1: know, we have, we roll high and add bonuses. So it's a little different, but it's a similar, very similar math and probabilities. Uh, and so we just started moving up from there. And, and people, a lot of new gamers, um, even though the math is a little bit harder, it's very intuitive to be like, Oh, I have a 20% chance, like a a 20% better chance of succeeding this succeeding at this than i would have without whatever Mm -hmm. i understand what that means that's that you know that that's more intuitive to people than a plus four bonus on a d20 which is the same math
2: i explain it like uh doing classwork uh i've done some teaching and different things like that so i will say this is your grade do you make an a at this because an a would be 100 percent completion do you Mm -hmm. get a b at this you know do you get a c at this even a first grader gets that type of percentile situation. They know if they pass or fail. Yeah. You know, you just simplify it down to that. And, and
0: yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever works. I mean, you, you're right. I think we all <laughs> have that for, for better or for worse. We know exactly what those percents feel like. And <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So that was a big that was a big change. Cool. Yeah. I think that was really the point because I was just like, Cameron, let's do all this crap. And he was like, Colin, we can't do all that crap. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta just go back to the drawing board and yeah i was like okay, okay.
0: and now we can we can do anything we want <laughs> Right? So, yeah awesome. most of
1: it's already
2: done honestly really
0: mm-hmm. <sighs> it's
2: been a wonderful ride Meg.
0: <laughs> that's so good i i know you've been playtesting it uh we run into each other at a couple cons we've been mm-hmm. playtesting at um what has that been like
1: i well cameron and i have been doing t- the we have split the work and we've been doing two different, very different styles of playtests. Um, Ooh, I've okay. been running, I've been running around and doing one shots with mm-hmm. random people at conventions and anyone who will sit down and give me two hours of their time. And Cameron has a group from his university he's affiliated with. The video games design students have come together and they're, they've done a long campaign. That's what, like nine months? I don't know how long yeah. you've been playing for, Cameron. Uh,
2: yeah, wow. they're, they're about nine months. They, yeah. They're very complicated. I think it's like twenty
1: plus hours of recorded game time. Wow! Yeah, and so we split the difference, and kind of unintentionally, because um, that's just what we were doing anyways. And it was hard <laughs> it was <laughs> because hard. we would have to manage the the two, you know, figure out updates and for both
0: system, <laughs> you know, settings. Uh huh. And
1: but that really helped forge. Really nice things, you know, character sheets that work for both one shots and for campaigns, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, structure that works well for for these longer things while still being able to insert the flavor in one shots. And I, I like it myself. And so but in terms of playtests, we've had really positive responses. Because of this improvisation mechanic, a lot of people feel like they get to do they get to do what they wanted. They're like, oh, man, I got to do exactly what I wanted in this game. And I felt like I earned it. Because I had to roll for it, I had to work for it, but it, mm-hmm. it was really satisfying.
2: Not um, to plug Colin too much, but I gotta say, I was really <laughs> proud of him at Gen Con this year, because uh, there were, we did we did Games On Demand, it was my first time to do Games On Demand with Colin. We had a 100% uh, table fill rate at Gen oh, Con. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Um,
2: and, and at Contessa as well. Wow. Um, and that's, Colin is conning.
1: Like, it is fantastic. <laughs> I'm so proud.
0: Very cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. Cameron, do you want to say anything about the campaign experience?
2: Yes, I would love to. I would love to say thank you straight up to my beta testers because I know they're going to want to listen to this, and um, they're incredible. We have people from all over the world, and they are all some form of art professional. We have, you know, Unreal Engine four expert at the table. We have a high school art teacher. Um, we have a programmer. We have an environmental artist for video games. Um, we have a lead guitarist and podcaster um, that Which is one of our main characters.
1: Metal band. I mean, whatever you call.
2: <laughs> yeah, metal rock band. Very Southern Texan. Big beard. Huge guy. Um, <laughs> Uh little wonderful internet programmer um from alaska uh Adam, like these are all fantastic guys, and we have recorded all that they've done for the original beta testing. I consider them like our forgotten realms, you know um mm-hmm. they they forged up, they picked the city of Seattle, they forged up their they they fleshed it all out, they created all of their places, they gave the environments they created dealings with yakuza they de- created bunkers issues they fought each other they fought others it's wonderful they're really that's gonna keep on going no matter what they're gonna continue
1: with their campaign in seattle yeah um, and, you- what, oh, cool. <laughs> and what and yeah. what i appreciate about uh y'all's campaign is that in in the book the default default setting will be atlanta so we get a little bit more of the hip-hop flair but you know this was you know cameron started this when we were at the beginning of the campaign where, I mean, of of the thing where we were like, oh yeah, we'll just make a, you know, straight classic cyberpunk game. And everyone will know that this has a lot of, you know, hip hop influences. Um, mm-hmm. And I, my hope was that it would just shine through and it's, it's, you've got to push it. Um, but thankfully for yeah. their play tests, they were all listening to, you know, DMX while they were playing and having <laughs> all of these, lots of Wu-Tang, um, really you know, a lot of Wu-Tang having these settings in the neighborhood, many of which that I wrote, that already, you know, the Church of Tupac has been in the game since day one. And, um, you know, and we've had, you know, I have a Janelle Monet reference and some other things like that in the setting. And they, you know, they took those and ran with them. And they're like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to go to Cindy's bar. Like, you know, we're going to go hang out with her. And it's awesome. And so, you know, their campaign playtest really reassured me about the capacity of our game to to have this hip hop influence. Because I, I feel like you know, it's been there since the beginning. But we are—it was just so reassuring to see these other people, these people of color. I've been playtesting with a lot of women to have say. You know, we're doing this, and people people dig in, and it it's just so rewarding because I really feel a little uncomfortable. You know, I'm getting more comfortable about it every single day. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's a whole conversation of you know appropriation and and taking people's work, etc. Yeah. But but we've been making this a teamwork, a, a collaborative thing where we've been bringing people. In and where it's not just us, and we have we have some rappers that are gonna gonna help us. So it's not me writing crappy rap lyrics. We're gonna go get somebody who can does that for their day job. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, we have rappers
2: involved as well as uh, other musicians. And um, like I said, back in my previous day in Texas, I also uh, DJed for many rappers and am a turntablist So that, the the hip hop is actually one thing that binds the entire play test beta testers together. Like they're all from literally the uh, all over the world. Yeah. Like there's a girl from the Philippines, there's Vietnamese, like uh Cambodian, I mean like all are, sitting in the same room and hip hop is the thing that they all really agree on, and gaming.
0: That's so cool. <laughs> um is is it the sort of thing if players are less in the know about hip hop does that still kind of come through are they like supported with the the way the game works to to explore that or um...
1: that's an excellent excellent question and i was worried about that because you know when it was really open ended if you if you don't insert that flavor then it doesn't come through right um and so but we decided to make it this combination of authored content and and player made up content so that when you do the when we when you do our demo you have to you have to go to the, you get the quest from the Church of Tupac. You have to go to our Botswana metal biker bar, um, where it's a bunch of death metal cowboys hanging out. You have to go there and, and that's, that's part of it. And so I think the, our plan is to have this chunk that flavors the rest of the soup. Um, cool. but if, you know, but also I'm, you know, if, if somebody wants to take it and gut it, you know, I don't care. Play our game, buy our book um (laughs)
2: play the game buy the book play it the way you want to play it
1: yeah but i think it's much more fun and it fits the flavor and the rules are just so tightened around producing this this experience and so you know it's on the character sheets your character you know your stats are your your flow and your impact and your freestyle and things like that it's really uh tied into We've really tried to tie it in so it's it's um, this flavor throughout the whole thing. And so it's unavoidable.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, and speaking of people who have been super helpful with you guys, uh, tell me more about the Sugar Gamers. I'd love
1: to. The Sugar Gamers are an organization based out of Chicago. Um, they started about seven years ago. Um, the leader is this wonderful person named Keisha Howard. And I met her at ValorCon in Chicago a couple of years ago. And I've just seen her around at at video game and and gaming things. And she's really nice and just so supportive of everyone. Mm -hmm. And I decided to kind of work on this hip hop angle. And I wanted to find people of color, um, women who could contribute to my game, our game, contribute to the stories. And so I approached her to be like, hey, would you be interested in writing a little story for our game? And that's one of the ways we're bringing in other voices is we have a little short story collection, which we'll talk about later. Um, but I approached her about that and I said, you know, I want to do this hip hop angle, but I'm kind of uncomfortable about it. And she was just like, you know what? You want to do this? Like, let's go. Like, you want me to call a DJ Mm -hmm. right now? (laughs) Um, and, and it was wonderful. And it just gave me this wonderful support and confidence. And she's got a big organization. I can't remember exactly how many people are in it, but it's mostly women. It's mostly people of color and, um, it's mostly video game focused. Oh, cool. And so it's really cool. And so I'm going to Turn them all into tabletop gamers and bring Again? them all to Gen Con and things like that. Yeah. And... Something, something tabletop, something, <laughs>
2: something role playing. <laughs> yep. So, yep.
1: And so we are, um, and so they have a bunch of events in Chicago and, and I'm gonna sink my, sink my fingers in there. Um, but yeah, um, that has really helped. We've collaborated with some other, there's another podca- podcast called the Nerdgasm Noir Network. Um, but specifically back to the Sugar Gamers is that they are, um... You know, it was founded as kind of this mostly women, mostly people of color, but now it's opened up. Keisha really wants a lot of diversity. And so even people like me have been invited to join the Sugar Gamers. And so now I am a proud member. My tattoo is coming later. Don't worry. Oh. (laughs) No, we don't. It's a joke. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's just so positive. Um, And it really embraces people of different body types, non, you know, non-binary. You you go down the list. um, Keisha has sought them out and engaged them. And I can't wait. Um, and so yeah. I have one of the things that, you know, she, one of the things that brought us together, and two, as well as that, she's working on her own cyberpunk game thing setting, um, which is really cool, which we can talk about a little bit more later if we want to talk about our future directions, mm-hmm. um, for me and Cameron. But, um, she has this wonderful project, uh, game thing called Project Violatia, which is working towards being a, the original idea was for it to be a video game, um, mm-hmm. but she was like, oh, She had these really great ideas of taking the setting and having it be this open source thing where she takes the media that she's built up and lets people create content, their own content, in her world with the idea of like, you know, you want to see X, Y, and Z in games? You know, you don't think there's enough representation of of this, Mm -hmm. that, or the other? Here's my game. Put what you want to see right in there. Let's go. Oh, cool. Cool yeah use
2: us uh, use our engine use our percentile system yeah. use our flexibility yeah.
1: so that's like... what we brought to her was that we um you know we said you've got this gorgeous setting she wrote it with some other people um it's all her Fantastic ideas art. with some other people and so it's 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 got great like, cool hard science and genetics and botanists botany in it um it's beautiful and um but it doesn't have a rule system yet the idea is you know it would go in to figure out the video game engine later but for mm-hmm. now it's you know we've got photos they did beautiful photo shoots of all of like women and men from the organization that would go dressed up as cyberpunk um that would go into this um be available for like comic books or writing stories or just help inspire the the um the the people to get involved And so she's got this great website with beautiful pictures and it's, and it's this idea where it's, it's so, it's so great. It's, it's much like a setting in a tabletop RPG. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, oh, hell yes. Let's take this. Let's put the rules into it. Let's make it as a book. Let's put it out as a tabletop RPG with, you know, we'll bring in the Axon Punk system, remake character classes, redo the whole thing with the engine Mm-hmm. And, um, then we can go from one cyberpunk to a little bit more like biopunk cyberpunk. And it's all written by her, and I just love it. I just, uh, so, um. Oh, cool. And so we're just gonna be the, the kind of, you know, goblins that are <laughs> in the back doing the math and, yeah. um, and writing and filling out, <laughs> filling out the work. Oh, thank um, so goodness. All <laughs> right? she's like, comment. I've got these ideas, I've got the content, I just need, you know, some people to turn the gears for us.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Cameron and I are like, hell, yes.
0: So that's the plan
1: for the next thing, and so that's what's that's a that's a big chunk about the sugar gamers. But find them; they're awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I know I will be. Um, just selfish Mm -hmm. information for me that heroes might want to know. Um, Mm -hmm. are they are they a a group focused on like supporting each other, making games, or do they do like some uh, consultant work, or a little bit of both, or something else entirely? I think they
1: do they do a little bit of both. Um, There's a lot of people who make games, um, in Mm -hmm. their organization. But yeah, but the in terms of like the kind of the consulting thing, that's what I was, you know, that's what I approached them first as of like, hey, I'd love some help. And Keisha was like, well, how about we dig in more? And let's just do, you know, let's go from, you know, kind of a consulting to a collaborating.
0: Nice. I was just like, yes. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) I know I will be sending some emails later. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely cool.
2: recommend it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, cool. And then uh, as for your guys' future, I know you, you mentioned the, the short stories, um, and there's also some Kickstarter information uh, that I think are kind of all wrapped up together even. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we jump into that, or should we talk about that stuff? Um,
1: I think
2: I'm pretty good. Cameron, how about you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um I just wanted to say thank you to uh one other person I think we should appreciate. Uh we just recently acquired a technical director um onto our team um in Matthew Leslie who is a wonderful addition for us. Um he is a very well-known glitch artist in Dallas that does um ambient music as well as uh is a, a like video game UE4 expert. So we're super happy to have him on the team as well.
0: Awesome. So Very cool. I just wanted
2: to, you know, give
1: him a little yeah. plug and be mm-hmm. like,
0: we love you, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's move on to Kickstarter stuff. And Sounds good.
0: Cool. So, so Kickstarter, um, this episode should be coming out either right before or right after your... Awesome. Your launch date there. So, um... Either look for it or uh, keep an eye on the Twitter, and we'll let you know <laughs> when that oh. when that's up. But uh, tell us about yeah Kickstarter and the future of Axon Punk, and where people can find it and buy it and play with it.
1: Uh, all the good stuff we have uh, are so lucky to um, have got ourselves a publisher, which is a big deal. And so we are gonna our game is yeah. gonna come out through Third Act Publishing, which is oh cool. hey we
0: know those guys. You might have
1: <laughs> <laughs> of of note so yeah. jim, jim mcclure um who did great work with um reflections recently and his next game uh, satanic panic which i don't know mm-hmm. you guys this you all know it's happening um <laughs> february 28th for his for his kickstarter
0: yeah 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 jim gets enough publicity on this network it's fine
1: uh, yeah. and um and so but it's great because he's gonna he's gonna help us get hooked up with a printer so we're gonna have an offset print run of the book and so it's gonna be super high quality just um, a little bit thicker than Reflections, but basically kind of the same thing. Color cover, soft back, black and white inside. Mm. Um, very high quality. So, And it's going to be 20 bucks a book. And that is...
0: Reasonable. Book, yeah. Very reasonable.
1: <laughs> plus shipping and handling. Um, and that's all you need. Um, in addition to that, we have a our short story collection, which I'm really excited about because that's how we're going to bring in a lot of this representation, a lot of this new ideas that are not just us. Um, and so we've got... Some stories that Cameron and I authored to help flesh out the world to kind of set the bones of our timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we brought, we're commissioning, we're using our money from the Kickstarter to commission short stories, like little, like a, th- like mini stories, um, like a thousand words or less, um, okay. from people, little first person gonzo style narratives. And so that way it'll, it'll be a little thing that you can read. It'll give you flavor and the ideas of the world help inspire stuff. Um, but it's also nice because it is. If you're new to gaming, then you don't want to make a commitment to buy a new book. You can um, get this little short story collection um, and have that for yourself. And it's, you know, it's a nice little compromise.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. And uh,
1: then the final thing...
2: female writers and, you know, that type of thing.
1: Yeah, we brought in a bunch of female writers. We've got in people of color. Oh, it's just great.
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: And then the final thing is, which will be a stretch goal for us, because we still have no money... Um, (laughs) but it will be a, uh, to really help bring in the hip hop flavors, we're going to, we've been talking to these artists, these rappers, um, and we are going to get together a compilation album of their work so that you can listen to it while you play. And we're going to try and get some, like some of their lyrics that they've already written, you know, stuff that has a great, you know, I would be, I'm curious about having people write stuff for us, but I love found art and found, you know, listen to a song and you listen to it from a, with a cyberpunk lens Mm -hmm. and suddenly it just like you're in 2085 and it's great and so we're gonna have that as a stretch goal so that we can get you know pay these guys well respect them and um and then hopefully just be able to send out this like compilation cd to like everyone who backs us was my hope but we'll see what happens we're still negotiating that and that way everyone gets exposure everyone gets music and um everybody's paid
0: yeah <laughs> that's the important part right um, cool well, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what we've got there and what, what happens. So that's coming right up. <laughs> you
1: bet. You <laughs> bet. And like I mentioned, you know, with the book, we're going to have a lot of art. We are bringing in these photographs mm-hmm. that the Sugar Gamers took as them dressed up um, in these this awesome cyberpunk outfits. Um, they made them for Project Violatia. We are going to take some of their extra photos and use them in Axon Punk, where we take Cameron and, our, and the other artist that he mentioned, Matt, are going to take them and edit them, put in like a more you know another layer of more cyberpunk stuff, mm-hmm. um, and but leave the human showing through. And oh, so cool! That, right, and that way you still have these people of color, these women, and you, you have different body types. Oh, they've just done such a good job with all of these photos, um, different we, body we shapes, have, different uh, skin tones. What oh, I'm sorry, a-
2: we actually have a wonderful collaborator that's helping with this that Meg, you may have heard of. His name is Elliot Lilly. He is actually advising us on how to approach the concept art in the correct way. And oh, cool. um, he did the concept art for Doom, Rage, and Fear. Oh, okay. So look up Elliot Lilly. He's this fantastic concept artist that has contributed and helped us very, very much so. I can't thank him enough. Um,
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put him and in, in all these other really great resources in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah,
1: and the hope is to have these photographs come out and so you can see, you know, different body types, different hair types, do all of this stuff, and we don't have to hire an author, I mean, a, an artist, to, you know, I, and I know there's people who out there, who are out there who can do a good job like that, and I respect them, but we wanted to cut right to it and use these photos and, and have it be super accurate. And so that's another thing that I'm really excited about. So that's another way we're bringing in diversity. And every person, every human in our game, in in the art in our game, is going to be a member of the Sugar Gamers. Oh, cool. I know, right? And I'm so excited. And so that way we we get a nice connection between Axon Punk and the next game, which is Project Violatia, which will be a completely separate story, completely independent world, but linked by a similar art Mm -hmm. and linked by this game system.
0: Awesome, Yeah,
1: so that's what's next for us.
0: That's so cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to both of these now. (laughs) That's great. Thank you. How how about cons coming up? Will you guys be doing any more... uh, Playtests of the game or promoting the the game at all. Where where can people find you in conventions in the future? Absolutely.
1: Um. And so since I'm the convention guy, I'll, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Um. So we're going to be at Dreamation by Double Exposure. Mm-hmm. That's February sixteenth uh, to the nineteenth. Um. So that's our like kicking off the kicking off the Kickstarter. Go oh run God. around and be, be crazy with them. Are you launching <laughs> a
0: Kickstarter and then going directly to a con? <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Yes. And, then, and then someone check weekend, on him. We're gonna- <laughs>
0: Oh, he's
2: okay. He's mighty. Yeah, right.
1: and, then, and then the next weekend we're going to go to Gamecon oh, boy. um in Iowa. Uh Ken Height will be there yeah. um for fun and <laughs> then um and then the weekend after that we're going to go to CincyCon in Cincinnati or I will so I can hang out with Jim. Wow. And so we're going to do I was going to I was considering doing a fourth but I'm going to pull the plug on that one so we're doing three uh back-to-back cons and <laughs> i'm gonna sell so many books no, i'm gonna sleep i'm gonna eat
0: yeah, yeah. um <laughs> please please do both those things all of those things sell books and survive
1: <laughs> yep yep and then um after that madness we're gonna you know have a time to to process all the kickstarter get the books out there take some time off um and then we'll be out in the fall for um gen con and a Catacon. Mm-hmm. um the r p g academies convention and valorcon in Chicago at least cool, so we might also be at origins depending on how things go, but that's a little early, yeah, so come and find us there, and then Cameron will be in doing the convention circuit in in Texas what he can, but I think we're still planning that out
2: yeah the r p g uh experience in Texas is not we don't have as many big cons down here um but there it, we have a link uh to Anime Fest which is we're in negotiations and and I may be doing a board um with uh, about writing or creating video games with women authors on that one coming in the summer Very cool. which is really really cool yeah i'm happy about that one um we've also we will be having tables at the largest comic book store in the south called Madness Comics mm-hmm. uh we'll be doing quarter Three or four tables there uh, with, be- with the beta testers actually GMing. And we'll be holding, I think, the guys we're talking about, four to six different events over a uh, two-month period to do that that we'll post on Facebook. As well as um, we've linked up with the Richland College RPG Club that's beta testing uh, that as well. And there will be some Twitch stuff and Twitter stuff and... Skype yeah. stuff. <laughs> <God>.
0: Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, then it sounds like a good time uh, to, where can people find you online and keep up with all of this and news as it unfolds?
1: Very good. We are at axonpunk.com. That's easy. Thrilled about that. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that. Bought it. Yeah. Um, and then the Sugar Gamers, for more information about them, are uh, sugargamers.com. Cool. Um, and on their website, they have they have a link to, they have a page for Project Violatia, their cyberpunk mm-hmm. game. And so you can go check out Keisha's stuff there and their their team. And so there's already pictures and that's ready to roll.
0: Very good. And I know you've...
1: And we're on, our main social media is Twitter, yeah. but we are also getting, uh, getting the Facebook up and rolling too.
0: All right, cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, at Axon Punk for Twitter.
0: That works too. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it, I like that that name is available for you. <laughs> it no, Makes things so I much know, easier.
1: So
2: easy. <laughs> you can actually email us at uh, axonpunk at gmail dot com cool. as well. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All
0: right.
2: So we ha- we own our name. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that's a good feeling. Uh, I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh unless there's anything else we need to touch on, I think this sounds show. great to me.
1: We talked about the art. We talked yeah. about the rules.
0: Yeah important good. things to know about a game yeah
2: All <laughs> that's right Meg, you're amazing yeah, i'm super happy about everything oh uh one time we'll explain the combat system but that's going to come up oh, yeah.
1: no yeah, this, is, this is playing for now we've done over an hour um let's call it that sounds We leave them
0: something to discover
2: Yeah, yeah. the the
0: combat system's (laughs) fun. You'll you'll like
1: it. Play it Cool. Yeah, okay. All is good. I'll have to
0: come find you at a convention and play this game. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank thank you both (laughs) for being on. This has been awesome. I'm very excited. Thank you so much, Meg. Well, great. My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks again to Colin and Cameron for hanging out with me and diving deep on their game. Since this recording, I want to note that Colin did not die, but guys, three cons in a row is real, real hard. Also, the updated Kickstarter date for Axon Punk is April 18th, so mark your calendars. You haven't missed it yet. And as usual, I'll shout about it on the Twitter when it launches. Stay tuned! That's it for this week, heroes. You can find Modifier on Twitter at Modifier Podcast or at the headquarters at ModifierPodcast.tumblr.com. You can send comments, questions, or contribution suggestions to ModifierPodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes as that helps more people find us. Modifier is a proud member of the OneShot Podcast Network, an amazing family of RPG podcasts that includes incredible shows like OneShot, Campaign, Backstory, and talking tabletop. Modifier's theme music was created by my favorite Bothan, Cat Greenfield, whose myriad talents are on display at catgreenfield.com. Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Modifier. See you then.